How are you? Good, good, good to see you. Welcome to everybody who's listening online. We uh, are watching. We just praise God for you. And thank you all for being here tonight. It's good to see you. So uh, we're, uh, we have been in humility and grace for quite some time. I'm not going to say how many more we have because every time I do that, it seems like the Holy Spirit adds more. So I'll just not say that we have so many left. But y'all are dry. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Let's turn to uh, James 4, 6. Have you had a good week? Been a week. Been a week. Yeah, mine's been a week too. <laughs> it's been wide open, wide, wide open. And challenges and opportunities. But is God always leading us to triumph? Yes, he is. So it doesn't matter what challenges and opportunities we face. God's working through them, right? He's bringing you right through them, right through the week. And bringing you out the other side to the triumphant, victorious place. who he is. That's not just giving you, you know, just the uh, rosy gospel. That's his promises. We're standing in humility on his promises. Now, but the thing is, you're going to have weeks. We're going to have weeks. Why? Because we're in a world where weeks happen, where opportunities present themselves, stuff like that. But the difference is that you know who you are in Christ versus somebody who's being beat up, right? All right. So we want to know. You know, a lot of times... Uh, we've talked about this in the humility and grace. There's a big difference between uh, having ego and humbling ourselves in victory in Christ. If we have a promise of victory and triumph in Christ, it's one thing uh, to have an ego and say, I don't ever lose. It's another thing to say, hey, I'm always victorious in Christ. One's humility, one's ego. One's good, one's bad, right? And so we have to know the difference between the two. We can have a confidence in God, and a confidence is good. Matter of fact, we talked a couple of weeks ago about the God of hope. And hope is joy, it's confidence, and it's expectation. And so if you don't have joy, if you don't have confidence, and you don't have expectation, it didn't come from God. And that's a big deal. In other words, I should always be moving in joy, confidence, and expectation. That doesn't mean you got to think about Jesus in the middle of the storm. Didn't mean he didn't go through a storm. Didn't mean he didn't calm the storm. But in the storm, he still moved in joy, confidence, expectation. You remember when the disciples felt like they were going to die, right? They thought they were going to die. And Jesus came out and he was like, what, what are you fretting over? There's no, that was confidence. Some people would look at that and go, well, he sure is egotistical. No, he was confident because he had humbled himself to the promise of God. That humility brought him into the place of a greater grace, a grace that was greater than that storm. You see? And so that, that's what we got to do. We got to make sure that we humble ourselves to what the Lord has for us. So in James 4, 6, this is our key verse, but he gives a greater grace. Therefore it says, God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. He gives us a grace that's greater than our problem. But it's not available to the person who's proud, 
because they've stepped out of the realm of grace and greater grace, and they've stepped into the devil's playground. But the person who humbles themselves to God, they step into the place where, man, grace is abounding. Grace is just overflowing. But it's that humility. Well, this is, this is the rub that most people have. The promises of God are great. They're, they'll pump you up. They'll get you happy. They'll get you confident. If you really believe them, if you humble yourself to the promises, they will get you confident. And that's not pride. It's confidence in the Lord and who He is. Man, my God is good. My God loves me. This is a humility that we have to learn how to get into. You know, a lot of times it's like, mm-mm, no, no sickness comes near me. Somebody was saying that to me recently. They were, uh, they were saying, mm-mm, I don't take any part with that. Anybody remember saying that to me? Anyway, somebody was talking to me about the, huh? Might have been Lee, yeah. And uh, anyway, it was just a confidence where they were like, nah, we, I have no part with that. I don't have part with that. And they're starting to get that. Well, I remember a story that Jerry Savelle told one time. He was on, the, uh, on a plane, and he was sitting there, and the front news of the paper said, recession. And he, he saw recession, and he said, he closed his paper. He said, I'll have no part with that. And the guy sitting across from him said, you'll have no part with what? He said, with the recession. I have no part with that recession. And the guy, ooh, he got mad. What do you mean to tell me you'll have no part with the recession? Everybody's going to have part with the recession. He was like, well, you can, but I'm not choosing to be a part of it. I live by the rules of a different kingdom. And, ooh, the guy got really hot. He wouldn't even talk to him after a while. But, see, you have to understand, he wasn't moving in pride saying, that's, no, that stuff won't touch me because I'm me. He was saying, that stuff won't touch me because God is God. This is a humility. He didn't have to take part in the lack and the curse. He had to learn how to humble himself to the promises of God. So we went into Philippians chapter 2 last week. And basically verse 1 and 2 says this. If Christianity is real. If Christ really died for you. If Jesus really paid a price, shed his blood, if all this is really real, then something's required. Something, you need to see it. If you really believe that, then out of your heart, you ought to be thinking, I got something to do. And so this is what it says. Therefore, if there is any encouragement in Christ, is there encouragement in Christ? Absolutely. If there is any consolation of love, if there is any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and compassion, if it is, then he says this, make my joy complete by being of the same mind, being in unity. Make my joy complete by maintaining the same love. Make my joy complete by being united in spirit and intent on one purpose. And then he continues in verse 3. In other words, if any of that is real, then here's what I want you to do. Verse 3. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility 
of mine regard one another as more important than yourselves. How many people this week have seen somebody mess up? Anybody seen somebody mess up this week? Huh? You were her? I, I could be like, anybody seen Pastor Brian mess up this week? And that and... <laughs> yeah, but that's true. You know what I did? I've messed up several times this week. But guess what? We've, what do you want when you mess up? Yeah, you want mercy. You want, you want to grow. You want to get in there and, and get some knowledge, get some understanding. But right in the moment, a lot of times what you just want is forgiveness and mercy, grace. That's what you want. You know, a lot of times we'll get mad at people if they don't forgive us quick enough. Well, I just messed up. Hadn't they ever messed up? But then when somebody else messes up, we're like, can't believe they did that. Right? That's the way we've been. Amen. <laughs> it's the way we've been. We've got to start regarding people as more important than ourselves. This is a part of humility. Remember what he said. If this Christianity thing is real, this is what you should do. Regard others as more important than yourselves. This is not something that we should see as an option. This is something where we should see, let's say somebody messes up, we're like, you know what, golly, I've messed up too. You know, maybe I just misunderstood them. Maybe they just misunderstood me. But whatever, it's going to be okay because I'm a love on them. They're going to love on me. Right now, I just give forgiveness. Right now, I just give mercy. I just, I just, who cares? You know, a, a lot of times, one of the best things to do is say, is this really going to be important five years from now? And man, we will make life-changing decisions on something that's not going to make different, any difference 10 minutes from now. But, it, you know, think about that. If it's five minutes from now, it's, I mean, five years from now, is it really going to be a big deal? No, generally not. But it's like, I, what is it about the flesh that wants to make the right now, you know, thing so important? But a lot of times we'll take that in the wrong way for ourselves and give it in the wrong way towards any, somebody else. We'll view ourselves as more important in that moment than we do the other person. In other words, let's, let's say that uh, um, Roger did something wrong to me, like said I messed up. Yeah, just kidding. Um, let's say that Roger did something wrong to me. Um, you know what? What did Jesus do for us? Well, he forgave us, but he also took the blame for us. And was he wrong? He didn't just forgive us. He took the blame for us. So what's wrong with me going, ah, oh, don't worry about it. It was probably me anyway. I might have messed up. And give him an out. Give him a pass. To our fellow brother, fellow Christian, fellow human being. What's wrong with me giving a person a pass? Taking the blame myself, even if I know I didn't do it. Yeah. Actually, it's very right. But, oh, man, does that get under some people's skin? when they? Because most of the time, they have a fear that things are not going to go their way. Yeah. 
And so all of a sudden they're like, no, he's, he better fix this because if he doesn't do this, then I can't get my way. And that's actually the issue. They're considering themselves more than the other person. And what they've done is they've stepped out of grace and over into the devil's playground. That's the problem. And Jesus is like, hey, let it roll off your shoulders. Act like it didn't happen. Act, act like, just let it go. You know, somebody didn't call you when they said they were going to call you. Somebody didn't show up when they said they were going to show up. Well, whoop de doo I mean, really, and I've asked this question before. It's like, if that really upsets your day, you're pretty weak. Really. A lot of times, your spiritual maturity, it's got some work to do. You need to get in the gym and work out. Start reading some scripture and bumping some scripture in you and learning on some maturity. we got to grow up. This is grown-up times right now in this world. It, it ain't playtime anymore in, in the kingdom of God. This is, you better be an adult in the kingdom of God in maturity. You better be a child in faith. But you better be an adult in the maturity of God because this is not time to play. See, we're sitting over here in America. Everything's going well. I just watched a video yesterday where a Palestinian guy completely ran over two guys on the streets of Israel, got out with a butcher knife and started hacking away and killed them. You know, and, and what we think is, well, that's all happening over there. No, 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 no. It's, it's, it is invading the culture, the society, not just over there. It's a time for us to be so spiritually mature. And when we sit back and we're like, well, they did wrong. They did this, that, and everything else. We are so much dr dropping ourselves down to a child maturity in a time where we need to be being the light in an adult maturity. This is huge, important stuff for the kingdom of God. And oh man, do we need it now. We need, God needs some people that will say, you know what? I need to step up to that. I need to up my game for Christ. If this thing is real, I got something to do. Do nothing from selfish or empty conceit, but with humility of mind, regard one another as more important than yourselves. That doesn't say regard them as equal to yourselves. It says put weight on their side. Put weight on their side. Man, if we did that as a society, do you know how much stuff would change? Whew. How much stuff would change? Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. Let me ask this question. How many people came tonight to grow in the Lord? Good. And that's a great thing. How many people came tonight to support other brothers and sisters and actually thought about it before you got here? I was going to say you don't have to raise your hands. But that's a part of what we're doing. That's a part of what church is. That ought to be on our, on our thinking all the time. When you're at work, you ought not just be thinking about getting your job done. You ought to be thinking, what does God have me doing right now? 
How is he shining the light through me right now? I may not even know. But let me give a little attention to it. Let me think about others. God's doing something. Maybe God wants to touch my coworker. Maybe God wants to touch my boss. Maybe, what, what's he doing? See, this is a mindset where we need to change, where all of our thoughts are not based on us, but they're based on other people. They're based on the people around. What effect am I having? Am I being the light? Am I, am I shining it effectively? This is grown-up stuff. Because it's a grown-up time. You know, it's been a grown-up time ever since the world began. But if ever there was a time to be grown-up in your spiritual maturity, it is absolutely, definitely now. Absolutely. It's not time to make excuses for things, but to press in to the things of God. Do not merely look out for your own personal interest, but also for the interest of others. The New Living says this, Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble, thinking of others as better than yourselves. What, how many times... Have we done something even good in the church and we just can't wait to tell somebody else something good that we did? Right? And I've done it. Man, matter of fact, the Lord's kind of been getting on to me recently about it, about doing it the wrong way. And we'll, we'll tell people what we did simply because we're like, well, I want them to see how grown up I'm doing. And then we'll put, we'll, we'll put the excuse behind it and say, say you know, well, I just wanted them to praise God with me for what he's done. <laughs> but what we're really doing is going, look at me. At the root, at least maybe 50%. But even if it's 50%, it's off. We're trying to impress others. Now see, all of these things are just things. It's like really quiet in here tonight. So, But this is real stuff. And guess what this real stuff does if we don't check it? It keeps us out of greater grace. So this is not something we need to be playing with. It's something that we need to see as a bully of the flesh trying to invade the greater grace of God and say, mm -mm, I'm putting my foot down. That stuff, mm -mm, it can't go on in my life. I need to make some real choices, some real decisions. Instead of looking at it, you know, don't look at it like, oh man, he's getting on to me. No, I'm opening up the door for you to get out of that. That. I'm giving you a truth, and if you will continue in the truth that Christ is bringing through me, you will be free indeed. It's a truth. It's opening up the door. This is an opportunity tonight for you to say, yeah, I need to put down some of this selfish stuff. You know, and it might not even be bad compared to other people. But that doesn't mean it doesn't need to change. Have you ever gotten revelation let, let, come here, Roger. Let's just say that this area of the carpet up here is revelation. Good. All right. Awesome. Stop. Good. <laughs> so when he crosses over this line, he is into revelation territory. Say that God, has, through preaching and through his study of the word, has shown him revelation. And he steps into Revelation. And all of a sudden, he can see a whole new world. Because Revelation has come. And it's awesome. 
all of a sudden, the world looks different. It doesn't look like it did before he had that revelation. But here's what, here's what pride does. Not humility, but pride. Pride says, I have arrived. I am the man. <laughs> oh, yes. We, we are there. I can't tell you how many times I've felt that at that first stage of revelation. But what will happen is, how many of you have ever gotten some revelation of, in your life about humility? Anybody ever, maybe just in this series, you've had some poured out, right? And you realize, that's not the end of it, though. It's just the beginning. To think that that's the latest and greatest revelation by God the first time that you got something or the second or the third or the hundredth time that you got something from God. You're talking about an unlimited God that if you will humble yourself and give yourself to the word, he will step you to new revelation and the world will look totally different again and he'll step you to new revelation and he'll step you to new revelation and new revelation. But every time that you stop and say, well, I've, I've arrived and I've got it, you push off the rest of the revelation a lot of times it's not well you, you here's what people do we talked about it uh, ways back on stinking thinking and we talked about having this arrival mentality where it's like oh I got this how many people have ever had a big thing in their life and it went good and you won and you beat the devil and all of a sudden within the next few weeks or months it's like your head swells Whoop. don't raise your hand all of us. We think we've arrived. We think we've made it. If you don't look like Jesus, keep going. If you don't look like him, keep going. And the fact of the matter is that's awesome. <coughs> that place where you beat him back, that's great. It's awesome. Praise God. Hallelujah. Keep going. Keep going. You ain't there yet. Keep going. All of a sudden, what the Lord wants us to do is when we're in these series of revelation and we're uncovering, stop turning to me. Look that way. <laughs> good. All right, good. Amen. Glory. <laughs> when we keep going, The Lord wants to step us into layer after layer, level after level of revelation, level after level after level of revelation. But he can only do it with the person who humbles himself and realize that each level just gives them the ability to jump to the next one. It doesn't mean they've arrived. So you can think that, well, I've gotten some revelation on humility tonight, and what you'll do is you'll close down your mind and close down your heart. And the seeds, the, there's deeper revelations than I even understand that I'm saying, simply because I'm talking about God's Word. And they're going out there. 
And when we close down our mind and close down our heart, we're not, we're not giving ourselves the opportunity for the new levels of revelation, the new levels of understanding to come out. So what we've got to do is, as a child, come into anything and open up our heart and say, Lord, teach me, show me, teach me, show me, teach me, show me. Thank you for that. Teach me, show me, and hunger for the things of God so that he can keep stepping us till we look more and more and more like Jesus till we get to the fullness of the stature of Jesus himself. But we've got to be humble. We've got to be hungry. We can't shut down our heart. I did a series on healing actually probably close to 15 years ago, right? I think it was like the ABCs of healing or something like that. I remember I listened to that series about five years ago. And of course, if I've done properly, then I will have grown in some of my revelation on healing since that period of time. And I listened to that series, and I'm like, man, this is good stuff, right? And at one point, a couple of times in that listening to it, I went, hold up, er, rewind that. I'm preaching now. I'm listening to myself. Stop. And I'd listen to what I just said. And it, I'd listen to the words coming out of my mouth, my voice that I'm listening to. And I said, I did not know that at that point in my walk with Christ. I did not know that truth. The Holy Spirit was speaking through me. I didn't even know it. I, didn't, I did not have revelation about what I was saying. He was giving it to somebody, and I didn't even know what I was given. The point is, when we go into God's Word, just because you think that you've heard it before, and you close yourself off, what you're doing is closing yourself off to the Holy Spirit to work in you in ways that I can't even imagine, that you can't even imagine. We've got to get humble so that the grace of God will be poured out to us and reveal revelation after revelation, level after level. We've got to open our hearts up. We can't try to impress people by, oh yeah, I've heard him preach on that a hundred times before. Well, if you understand God and understand the word, you understand that God's pouring out a lot more. And if you'll humble yourself, all of a sudden God can pour in stuff like crazy. I've told this story before where I was sitting in a church and I was pretty dissatisfied because the preacher just wasn't doing things the way that I thought he ought to be doing them. I know y'all never thought about that. I'm a heathen, and that's what I was thinking at that moment. But I was thinking that, and I was having a hard time. And I found that week after week after week, his sermons got more and more and more dry. There was less and less nutrition in his messages. And I was sitting there one day in the middle of a service. Matter of fact, I was sitting about like right here. And uh, I was sitting there in the service. And uh, I was going, Lord, this is so frustrating. Why am I here? I'm not getting fed by any of this. I don't even know why you got me here. Why won't you just let me leave? This guy's not even feeding me anymore. I wish he'd just give me something I could chew on and, and, and get fed by. Why you have me here? I was just complaining in my heart, of course. Otherwise, they might have thrown me out. But um, I was just sitting there going, 
I don't understand this. I, and I, I was probably thinking this. I don't remember this exactly, but looking back on it now, I feel assured, assured that I was thinking this. I know more than what he's preaching. Don't be laughing back there. I know more than what he's preaching. I got more revelation on this than he does. <laughs> Stupid. Stupid. I was so ignorant. That right there shows my ignorance. And uh, God kind of got on to me and he said, uh, you think this service is just about you? <laughs> He, he has a way of setting us straight really quick, you know. I, I was just like, he can say one thing. It's like, I need to shut up. And you're right. You should have started early. <laughs> and, the, and the Lord said this to me. He said, if this message was for only one person in this church and it changed them and put fruit in their life, would it not be worth it? Lord, I need to shut up. Yeah, it would be worth it. He said, well, then instead of just thinking about yourself and putting yourself and your interests first is basically what he was saying to me. He said, at the very least, you could pray that other people would receive what I have for them in this message that's being preached. And I was like, ah. Oh. I repent, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I just started praying in the spirit because I didn't know exactly what to pray, and I just prayed in the spirit. It changed my heart because I started to realize that I'm not there. That service is not just going on for me. Yeah. It's going on for whoever, and it could just be one person. You know, you might be sitting there going, I have heard the pastor preach this same story 20 times. I can tell you when he's going to pause for effect in the story. But you might not know that it's just for one person that day. And instead of us being like all thinking about us, then we can say, maybe it's for somebody else. Lord, I just lift that person up. Whoever it is that needs to hear that story, that needs to get that revelation. And so I prayed, and it really it, it humbled me, and I needed some humility. And uh, it opened up my heart, and I started every week just praying in the Spirit. As soon as the, as soon as the service started, I just started praying in the Spirit. I just start praying out the mysteries of God that the, their hearts would be fertile soil, that the seed of the word would be planted and, and turn into fruit. And praise God, Lord, you're doing something. Even though I might not know what it is, you're doing something. You're doing something here. And it wasn't, well, it started that first day, but it wasn't as clear. But the next week it was a little bit more. But about two weeks after that, I was sitting there going, where did that preacher get this revelation? Where in the world did he have this? This is amazing. Where has this been? And the Lord's like, it's been there the whole time. The difference was your heart. Matter of fact, if you go into the parable of the sower and you go into Hebrews where it tell, talks about them actually getting in faith, it talks about that they closed their heart and they hardened their heart. And the hardened heart is because of pride. 
But the soft heart is because of humility. And this is the person that God can move. The one who says, man, I got so much to learn. The one, you know, I, I, we've been pastoring, you know, at the beginning, this was about in January, so it would have been six years. I've been in, the Lord called me to ministry. I just figured this out the other day, 15 years ago this September. So I've been ministering with his call on my life for 15 years. Hadn't always been perfect in it, but it's, he called me in uh, September of 2000. I was born again at seven, under a preacher, listening, trying to, and learning. I can remember as a teenager, praying over people, seeing miracles happen as I touched and laid hands through, through Christ. As a teenager. Grew up. You know, I can remember adults when we first got called into ministry going and, and saying, yeah, um, saying, golly, Brian is growing so fast. I remember them hear, hearing them say that. And yet, six years of being a pastor, leading people, you know, having, having ministers come in that are a lot older than me just to listen and, and to hear teaching, that's very humbling for me. But yet... If I'm not at the place like I was this past January where I, the Lord showed me something and I, we were getting ready for bed and I walked into uh, the bathroom and she was, she was getting ready for bed and I said, I said, baby, I said, I feel like a kid. I don't know anything about God. Now, uh, compared to other people, that's not true. I do know something about God. But compared to Christ, there's so much more in him. So much that's beyond where I'm at right now. So much that's beyond where you're at. We got to get to the place of humility that says, man, I got so much growing to do. I mean, I might know some things, but compared to Christ, I don't know anything. Be, and you, you know what that is? That's stop trying to impress others and yourself. Like we're trying to talk ourselves into it sometimes. And that's the pride that holds us out. That's the pride that holds us out of His grace. We're trying to like beef up. Look how much stuff I know. Well, I know. I had somebody tell me not too long ago. I, well, I know a lot more about the Word than you probably think I do. And I was like, woo. <laughs> Whoopty. Who cares? Are you living it? Is it in your life? You know, who the, you know the people that will argue you down about doctrine? I mean, they will argue you down. And if you ain't preaching out of King James, oh, Lord, help you. You know, you know the people that will do that the most? The ones that haven't even listened to him and been obedient to go to church. They're sitting at home complaining about everybody. It's pride. You know who the most prideful people that I've ever seen are? The ones that won't open up their cells and won't open up their heart. The ones who are in the bottom. Homeless, jobless. They're sitting there. I was shocked by this. Shocked by it. I started getting around people that were in that position. And, and life can be cruel. And, and this is not a judgment. This is just discernment. Life can be cruel. And they fell for its traps. And it hurts. And they need help. But they've got to help themselves. 
And the first thing they got to do is turn away from pride and turn to humility. And then when I started hanging out and trying to help people that were in that position, one of the things I was shocked by, I could not believe, I could not believe that this was the problem. That was pride. My thoughts were, what do you have to be prideful about? But you got to understand, a lot of them, not all of them, but a lot of them, that's why they're there. And that's why they're not coming out of it. They think they know everything. I remember one case in particular. Could not hardly teach the person anything because everything I did, they knew an answer for it. And I thought, that's why you're here. Humility is such a strong thing. Imagine if, and I've seen people that took a little bit of humility in that position and just applied a little bit of humility and they would pop right out of that situation. It does not take long. Imagine what humility will do on somebody that's not in that situation that already is walking in some level of it. Imagine the steps and layers and levels of revelation in humility. The greater grace that can be opened up to that person. Oh, it's big stuff. But a lot of times we're like, I don't need to hear this humility stuff. Oh my goodness. Then you don't need to hear about Jesus. Because that's what he was all about. That's who he was. Matter of fact, the very next verse in verse 5 says this, Have this attitude in yourselves which was also in Christ Jesus, who although he existed in the form of God, did not regard equality with God a thing to be grasped. But he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. And this humility, this humility, verse 9, for this reason also God highly exalted him highly exalted him didn't just exalt him highly exalted and bestowed on him the name which is above every name so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth and that every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. You see, we need to hear about humility just as much as we need to hear about Jesus. Because Jesus was humility personified. He was humility in the spirit that took on flesh. We need to walk in it. We need to own it. We need to know it. We need to have revelation on it. And when we think we got it, we need to go into it deeper. And God says this, when you get into my humility, what you also walk into, it's a win-win situation, is grace that's greater. We need to be willing to boil ourselves down completely. I mean, let's just start over from the beginning. This is what humility is. Humility is saying, Lord, I trust you more than what I think I know. 
Humility is saying, Lord, I trust you that I can even take myself down to nothing and you're strong enough to rebuild me. Make me better than I ever was before. Humility will allow God to make us his perfect workmanship, his craftsmanship. Humility will make us more like Jesus. And the world needs you more like Jesus more than ever before. You need you more like Jesus more than ever before. Your family needs you more like Jesus more than ever before. I think what I just want to do is I don't feel like I'm supposed to necessarily pray over anybody, but I feel like I just ought to open up the front and just say, you know, let's just get on our knees. Just not, not, not corporately, but just individually. Lord, we humble ourselves before you. Get on our face, get on our knees, bow before you. And not, not even necessarily in, in physical, but some, some people, you'll feel like that's right. But really, in your heart. In my heart, Lord, I bow before you. But then there's some of you that, you, you know, you're the, you're the ones that always get up and you always go forward. And then there's some that never go forward. And humility is stepping out of your comfort zone. In other words, if I never go forward, maybe it's time to show God I humble myself to this. And if you always go forward, maybe it's time. Just seek the Lord. He'll show you. And maybe it's time for you to just sit there and learn how to bow your heart. But whatever the Lord's showing you to do right now, to stay, take that step of humility and almost put action to that, maybe it's just at your chair, maybe it's up here, whatever it is for you, humble yourself right now to God and let Him open up the doors. Let Him open up the window. So that you can see humility like you've never seen it before. Let him strengthen you to step into humility like you've never had it before. Let's just play a little bit of the music. And I'll just start praying. I'll just start praying. But you just pray however you need to as we go forward. Lord, we need to be more like Jesus. We need you. We need you in our lives. We need this humility of yours. We need it so much. We need you. Father, we hand over those pieces of us that are not you. We let you shine your light inside of us and expose the dark corners that we tried to keep and hold out, hold you away from for so long. But Lord, right now we humble ourselves to you. Tonight's a night. Let humility reign in us. Thank you, Father. Go, Father.
yourself around every detail of my life You placed everything in motion And all I have to do is stand in the palm of your hand Cause I mean everything to you Thank you, Lord. We just praise you. Lord, I thank you for the humility that was not just poured out, but the humility that was stepped into tonight by the hearts of your people. <coughs> Lord, I just ask, Lord, let us humble ourselves for more than two or three minutes with you. Let us humble ourselves by giving you time. Let us humble ourselves by clearing our mind, turning the TV off, turning the phone off, turning our thoughts off, but to praise and worship you. Let us humble ourselves 
before you, by being intimate in our fellowship with you, Lord. Let us humble ourselves in front of other people, family members, co-workers, brothers and sisters in Christ, unbelievers. Lord, let them see the humility of Christ on us because we live that way. And we praise you. And we thank you for it. And Father, I thank you in a joy and a confidence and an expectation for the grace that's greater that's being poured out out of this humility. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a great night.